Hi, this is Jeff, and this is episode 9 of Subarachnoid Survivor. In this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the insights that I've experienced from my injury and how it's, I think, opened up some of my awareness of what other people face, both in their day-to-day lives and in terms of what either acquired injuries or, or challenges that they face every day, how I see those differently. I think part of what drives that is is that I still, now two and a half months after my injury, struggle with lasting deficits and we'll see to what degree in the months and years ahead those are eliminated. I hope that my recovery is is full. I hope that I am able to get back to the same busy, full life that I had before August 28th of 2018. But if I don't, I'm grateful for all of the that I have right now. Uh, I'm already feeling much like my old self, but there are lots of things that I notice and that others notice about me that have changed. If we're just chatting informally, most people would say, Jeff, you don't seem like you've changed much at all. If I didn't know, I couldn't tell that you've had an injury. Fair enough. But I would tell you right now that my energy levels, my ability to focus, it's not the same. And while I am incredibly thankful for all my successes, all my recoveries, big and small, and they do, they add up, because I can tell you this much, when I first got out of my bed at the ICU, just taking a few steps down the hallway was a big success. When I was at my parents' place after being discharged, walking down the floor of their condo all the way to the end, that was a big milestone. Walking around the block the first time here at my house, that was a big milestone. Walking 10,000 steps, another milestone. But that wasn't the shape I was in when I got sick. That wasn't where I was at. I was running. I was going to the gym a couple of times a week. I'm not there yet. I don't know when I will, but hopefully I'll get back to all of that. But there's some other things that go with that. Some of the deficits faded quickly. So for example, when I first started being more conscious, I was very photosensitive. Light really bothered me and was quite painful. That faded quickly. I was initially very sound sensitive. If you'd bang two pot lids together, oh man, that was like brutally hard. And it was difficult for me to to feel that pain because it felt a little bit like a reminder of my injury. That's faded. But these other subtle ones, they're not going away as quickly. And here's where that's helped me gain insight. You know that light and sound sensitivity? I don't know if it's true, but it felt overwhelming. And I wonder if it's like what somebody who has really severe autism experiences, that sense of being overwhelmed and needing to curl up. Because, boy, when the first time pot lids got dropped when I got home, I sure wanted to curl up. I... I didn't, I couldn't handle it. So I don't know if that's the same, but it certainly makes me aware that that's, in a very visceral way, that's not something somebody puts on or desires. It's the way they're wired, and they can't help it. 
I've got to this day issues around short-term memory and executive function and it's hard for me to focus the way I used to to work on projects and do things. I get distracted more easily. I've got family members who struggle with ADHD or are more mildly autistic. It gives me perhaps a little more intimate sense of what it is that they struggle with. Um, to know that that's what they face every day gives me, I think, a little more appreciation for the kind of challenges that they deal with and how it's not just as easy as, and not that I hope I've ever said these words, just try harder. But the other thing that these lingering deficits create is a bit of a worry about a recurrence. I said in an earlier episode that, you know, nearly dying didn't always suck. But one area where it does suck is when every little headache that I get, every time, you know, I do something too suddenly and I, my vision goes a little gray because of my low blood pressure, I worry that it's something more serious. That'll probably fade with time, but right now, I do worry. And the other thing is, is that the very nature of my injury, this non-aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhage, they don't know much. The medical world doesn't know much about them. The prognosis is good. The recurrence rate is very low, but it's not zero. So I'd be lying to say if I don't worry about that. And I don't know what to do. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to share. I'm going to be aware of it. I'm fortunate to have a partner who's a medical professional and has already played a pivotal role in saving my life. But at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do about it. My neurosurgeon has already said, go ahead, live your life. You know, they're not doing anything else. They're going to bring me in for a six-month checkup. And at this juncture, things are about as good as could be hoped for. I'm one of the ones who's made a fast recovery. But it's clear from conversations that we've heard between the doctor and others that my bleed was also more pronounced, more severe than many of the people who have subarachnoid hemorrhages. So what does that mean? And am I just extra lucky that I'm still here? Or does that bode poorly in terms of something hidden that's waiting? I, I don't know. But I'd be lying to say I don't think about it from time to time. So maybe this is an appropriate place to wrap up. I don't have a lot of other themes or topics. What I will say is this. I know this has been a terrifying and upsetting time for my family and those who care for me. It's been upsetting for me, um, and in some ways I can only see it through their eyes because I've been so focused on my recovery. But I have been intensely grateful, not only for my good fortune, but the wishes and prayers, the love of friends and family who, to this very day, send me notes, good wishes, come to visit. Those all mean so much. So I will go on living my life, and I will go on living, as I said in my last podcast, I'm going to live now. But I thank you for listening to this. I hope that it's given you some insight into what I've gone through and what I've both gained from it 
and what I hope to regain in the months and years ahead. Know that whether I know you or not, I wish you all the best. And for my friends and family who listen to this, know that I love you and appreciate you very deeply. Thanks for being in my life. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.